welcome to the AOL podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, aren't you glad you came to church this morning? Yeah. All right. Hey, will you all take it easy on me? I've been preaching to youth. Hey, we had a few more stragglers come in. I'm telling you, y'all get a double dose of God today because you came when it was snowing and when the Super Bowl was on. Come on, y'all are like real Christians out there. Amen? Uh, people are asking me, who are you rooting for today? And I said, well, I just hope a big hole forms and they all fall in the ground because I really don't care, all right? Uh, I know this, probably Taylor Swift will win some way. I, I just... I'm being led by the Lord to know that. Y'all, I I may not shout very much today because I've been, hey, I just want to give God praise the last, over the weekend, they asked me to come preach to some teenagers. And you know what's crazy? I hadn't spoke to teenagers in four score and 25 pounds ago. And uh, I've had some opportunities this year. We went to Dumas uh, three weeks ago, three, three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, there was 92 youth in attendance in Dumas, Texas. Amen? How many of y'all know demons need the Lord? (laughs) Dumas demons need the Lord. Uh, And then uh, over the weekend, uh, the church at Bushland had asked me to come and speak to their, they had a discipleship now. And uh, hey, y'all get an agreement with me. Let's pray for Andrew Ramirez. Amen. Can y'all do that? Just close your eyes with me. God, we just get an agreement. We pray for Andrew. We pray, Lord, that he is the healed of the Lord. I think there's a purpose on his life. And so, Lord, we tap into that. And we pray, Spirit of God, I pray today, even as he's in Houston, I pray for the hand of the Lord to be upon him, his mother. And I pray that you minister to them in Jesus' name. Amen. So at this D now, um, um, I... I preached, Lord, my guts out for two weeks, and I, they, the enemy tried to take my voice out. But uh, I ain't giving in this morning. Amen? Aren't you already thankful you came to church? All right? Now, we're in this series right now called, um, what? What's so funny? Oh, I'm eating candy. That's okay. It's a pretty laid-back morning this morning, all right? It's a halls, by the way, and one was stuck back here, and so I had to bite down on it. All right, but we were in this series called The Choice is Yours, and it's your first time this morning. I've been talking about going into the new year. This is a time, you know, when you get your gym membership back. This is when, you know, you start making some goals for your life, and a lot of you have already quit all those things anyway. But how many of y'all know spiritually, I I, I said this in 2020. I, I look back on my notes, especially 2020, going into COVID, I preached uh, nine weeks on having courageous faith. And in that, I said, I said this, this will be your best year if it's your best year spiritually. And can I tell you, in 2021, that's the same today. In 2022, 2023, 2024, it is the same. If this is your best year spiritually, this is going to be your best year. And so it's so important that we feed that guy and not this guy. I'm really good at feeding this guy. But how many of y'all know um, it's so important that we, we, we feed the dog that's going to win, and that dog is the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. 
And, uh, and I believe this. When you, if you're going to win spiritually uh, and you feed that spirit man, you'll go from victory to victory, faith to faith, glory to glory. And so we've been in this series, and I've talked about a lot of things, and I believe everybody's here this morning that, that has heard all of those messages. So I just want to jump right into it. When I was in college, <clears throat> I, I remember lots of different things, sayings that were spoken to me at Southwestern Assembly of God University. We would have chapel, and we had all great men of faith that would come in. And uh, I remember one particular guy that came in. I, I, actually, I don't know who it was, but I remember this saying. The two most influential things in your life will be the books that you read and the people that you meet. And I, I have found this so, so much to be true. The two most influential things in your life will be the books that you read. Now, I'll just be honest with you. At one time, I wasn't a very good reader. And I didn't read very much, so that was out of the question. I mean, you know, if you came to me and said, how was Charlotte's Web when you read it in the fifth grade? I looked over my neighbor and saw what he wrote down on the test because I didn't read the book. Or I read the, read the last part of that and then said, you know, thank you, Lord, that you forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. <laughs> but I'm not that way anymore. I love to read and sit down and read. And it's influential to you, but the two most influential things in your life will be the books that you read and the people that you meet. Let me see a show of hands that you agree with this statement. I'm lifting both of my hands because I've lived enough life now to know that. In talking about the people that you meet, you are the sum of the five closest relationships that are in your life. I'm going to say that again because I'm talking about choosing relationships and choosing to have the right people around you. It's so important. Oh, my gosh, it is so important. You are the sum of the five closest relationships in your life. I want you to, uh, and, and may, you may not have this on paper, but just think about it. The five closest people that you hang around with, may, you may be average in health of the five. You might be average in your financial health. You might be average in your career because birds of a feather flock together. In fact, I, I believe people influence so much. I, I think about the body of Christ. I think about how people might be on a good trail, on a good track, give their life to the Lord. They're very disciplined. They're a disciple of Christ. One person, one couple can come into a couple's life and change the way they're living their life. Theologically, all kinds of different things. I was thinking uh, just this morning, Addis and I, we, we like to watch these crime shows of like uh, what really happened. And uh, we, we've watch shows on Ted Bundy and all kinds of different um, people like that. But you know what? They didn't just come up that way. They were influenced by somebody. Every single one of it, whether it be a mom or a dad, or it may just be a friend. Uh, we watched one the other, or, or I don't know if you've followed the story of Gypsy Rose. That story of Gypsy Rose. Now, I'm not, you know, I, I have compassion for her because she was influenced by a mom that told her that she had cancer and that she couldn't eat food on her own and had to put a port in her stomach. It's a very sad story. How many of y'all have seen the story, what I'm talking about, the story of Gypsy Rose? So you know what I'm talking about. But, but uh, the whole fact of the matter is, is she influenced that boy, and that boy influenced her to kill her mom so they could go off together. It's a very tragic, very sad story. Even from the, And I have compassion on her because I would hate to live inside of that home, but what happened was not right. And it's against the law. But my whole point is this, and you talk to other, uh, you talk to, to lawmen and, and doctors, you talk to people, even in your health can be influenced by the people that you get around. 
I mean, everything in, in your life, birds of a feather flock together. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. One thing I used to tell teenagers all the time was this, is if you picture yourself down the road uh, or you picture your friends down the road in an orange jumpsuit on the side of the road picking up trash, you might as well get fitted for your orange jumpsuit today, yeah. right? Because it's going to influence your life. So you are the sum of the five closest relationships in your life. This is true because it influences so much on how we think. You know, I don't know about you, but uh, Brandy and I, we, we have some friends that are in life. We call them our extreme friends. And they're just extreme. How, how many of y'all have ever had extreme friends before? All right. I have some extreme friends. <clears throat> and it's amazing how I will think just personally, Brandy and I talking about something about something, and then we'll have lunch with them, and it's like, oh my gosh, you people are crazy. I would have never thought it that way, but then down the road, something happens, and I think like them because they taught me how to think that way. I'm like, Lord, I wasn't thinking that way before, but now I am. I've, I've joined the crazy bus, right? Y'all are looking at me like I'm the only person that does this. You do the same thing too. All right? Well, well, this is what we do. How you see the world is how you uh, will interact with the world. But how you see the world is going to be how the people that you hang around. How you see God is how you will interact with God. And so how you interact with God is so important on how you feed your spirit, man. But you're going to see God in a different lens or a better lens or a worse lens by the people that you rub shoulders with. Come on. I don't know about you, but I want to get around people that says God is good and his mercy endures forever. I want to get around people that encourage me to get in the word of God. Don't just believe that. You know, there's so much heretical, I don't even know that's a word, heretical theology out there on Instagram and all kinds of different stuff, uh, just all kinds of crazy nonsense of what people are believing today just because it comes from Instagram it doesn't mean that it's true. I know that Facebook is real life stuff. But how many of y'all know the B-I-B-L-E is more life stuff, right? And so, but I see people coming off the bandwagon rather than, uh, you guys know what I'm talking about, all right? I was about to say something, but I'm not going to. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Uh, and this led me to this belief. You're writing this down. You will have, if, if you're writing notes down, I believe this is good. You will have relationships either by default or by design. You will have relationships either by default or by design. You can just say, you know what, I'm just going to let life happens, happen, and whatever happens, happens. And I, I just can't change this. I've always been friends with this person. You know, I need to just walk in love. And... You know, they're already here, and so this is what we're going to do. But how many of y'all know nothing works good if you just live life on autopilot? Some, some people need to hear this today as we're talking about choosing relationships. Because if you just live on autopilot in anything, in your marriage, in anything. There I go crunching again. You hear it? Y'all hear that on the tape? All right. <laughs> Well, there's no tapes anymore, but you old school people know what I'm talking about. Uh, you, if, if, if you just put, put your marriage on autopilot, if you put your parenting on autopilot, how many of y'all know your kids will end up like a buck deer, yeah. right? 
If you put your business on autopilot, you will go broke. If you put your car on autopilot, you will crash. Thou saith the Lord. You should know these types of things, all right? You, you, you can't just live life by autopilot. So what, what I want to look at today is from four different thoughts. But God has called us to design and be intentional about the people that we rub shoulders with, all right? There has to be a design. When you live by default, there will, there will not be greatness. When you live by default in anything, there will not be greatness. So how many of y'all know we ought to have, we ought to have some, come on, some vision behind getting around the people that we meet. I don't know uh, whatever business that you're in, but I, I'm so thankful for the, the old dogs that have been shooing horses around here forever that I would go in and sit. I'm, I've always told Eric Thomas and Ray Bach and Eddie Martis, uh, I've, I've always thanked them for times that I'd come in where I thought it was a dumb question. And Eric, I mean, Bo, you know, he'd take you to the chalkboard. No question is a dumb question. Take you to the chalkboard and say, hey, let's figure this deal out. And what I do is just show up, watch them work. They invited me in, better. If not, I will just watch. Because I know if I'm going to be great, I got to get around greats. Amen. Amen. I mean, don't be annoying about it. Don't be like sitting on their front, store, uh, front step like a creepy person. Like, where are you going today? Can I come? All right. But you know what I'm saying. If you want to get better in life, you've got to be intentional because it's not just going to happen by default. You've got to be intentional about these things. Okay, I want to talk, share four thoughts with you. Choosing relationships by design. Number one, write this down. In 2024, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make your important relationships better. Make your important relationships better. Make your important relationships better. How many of y'all know, like today, we'll, we'll, uh, if you're smart, you'll have a fire. And if you have one that has the old school logs where you can put pinyon, you know where you can smell it. Come on. What you've got to do is nurture that fire. You've got to all the time because... Like, uh, especially if you do have pinyon or, a, you know, a, a soft wood, it's going to be burning up quick. So you got to keep putting logs on the fire. So the, the relationships that are important to you, you got to continue to put logs on it. And um, how do you do that? You, spending time together, having honest conversations together, listening. How about that? You know, I did a study years ago, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, of how, how Jesus, how uh, really, uh, he, he was open to listen way more than he was just, obviously he told parables and stories like that, but in interactions with one another, he did more listening than he did speaking. Meaning this, he was more interested in them than he was even about himself. How many of y'all know we got some selfish people out there? And you can't have a nurtured good relationship if you're only thinking about yourself. Let's open the Bible today, 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 7. I'm going to read 7 through 11. All right, this was a word four years ago, and this is still a word today. I'm reading out of New American Standard. It says, the end of all things is near. Would you all agree with that statement? This is the uncompromised word of the Lord. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. How many of y'all know prayer is a big thing? It's helpful, right? Especially in the end. But he says this, above all, meaning lean in. Above all, 
Keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sin. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. As each one has received a special gift, employ it, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterance, utterances of God. That will help you make your relationships better if we just speak a little better to one another. It says, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. How many of y'all know whatever you stop building into will eventually leave your life? I'm say that one more time. Whatever you stop building into will eventually leave your life. It's like a home. If you don't, if you don't manage that home... If you don't, from time to time, within the next 10 years, you know, paint, take care of uh, uh, things on the outside, how many of y'all know that that home will fall down or that home will be wrecked? God's called us to be a good steward of things. If you want a new car, you've got to be a steward of the car that you have. But how about in relationships, the ones that we love the most, the ones that are important to us, how about we steward them just a little bit better in 2024? You guys getting some out of the word this morning? When people... Uh, I'll tell you this, when people stop feeling value, they leave. Yes. And I don't care if they've been around for 25 years, but if they stop feeling value, they leave. Here's the second point, another thought this morning. Number two, let's restore broken ones. Let's restore broken ones. Oh, boy, Pastor, I knew you were going to go there sometime today. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 10 says this, And have put on the new self, or the new man, who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Verse 12, so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of passion. Let me see a show of hands out there that is a new creation in Christ. You are a new man, all right? You've prayed the prayer, John chapter 3. You're, you've been born again, so you got a new man. So he's talking to us. He says, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Verse 13. Bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Oh, boy. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. He's saying, put on the new self. Put on the new man. This is what Paul's saying. He said, put on compassion. Put on kindness. Put on humility. Put on gentleness. Put on patience. Put on love. Put on forgiveness. And can I tell you, I, wanna, I do want to talk about relationships because it's very important that you restore it for you, but you don't open the door for them to come back and hurt you. What I love about the story of Joseph, I saw this years ago, and you can write this down. Before you replenish, hear repentance. Hear repentance. Now, I'll, I'll tell you this. If, if you're not, if you haven't forgiven a, a particular person, you, uh, you, will, you will not walk in freedom until you do. That's right. You will not walk in freedom 
until you do. But I will say this. When you walk in freedom, you have to walk in forgiveness. You have to be careful. Like the story of Joseph, they sell him in slavery, and he ends up in, you know, inside the big house there next to uh, Pharaoh. And his brothers come, and he recognizes them. But before he, he brings them back into his heart, into his life, he hears Reuben or Judas. I forget which brother it is. He hears him repenting, saying, oh, this has happened to us because we what, what we did to our brother. And they are repenting of their sin of what they did to their brother. And he hears that. He did not bring them in until he saw repentance. Can I tell you, don't bring people just right back into your life so they can hurt you again. And then you have to walk through forgiveness all over again. But make sure that they walk in repentance Meaning this, they were going this direction, and now they're going this direction. Come on, that's sound wisdom. I figured I'd hear more amens from people out there. Before you replenish, here's some repentance. But Paul is saying, put on a new man. In, in, In short, he's saying this, put on Christ. Put on Christ. So I I pray that in 2024, you restore some people. Don't burn some bridges. Because how many of y'all know there's going to be a time where you might need that person back in your life? And let's just be honest. You're mad at each other over something stupid. There's people that aren't friends anymore because the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Will they? Was that thou saith the Lord? Oh. I think the Chicago Bears are going to win today. All right. Number three is this. Here's a number thought, another thought. Number three, get rid of harmful ones. We're going to get rid of harmful ones. I figured I'd get an amen from all the parents out there that have teenagers. Right? Let's get rid of some harmful relationships. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 20 says this. He who walks with the wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. How many of y'all know we become like people that we spend time with? And you know what I love is the story in 1 Samuel chapter 20, 1 Samuel 22, of how David has these group of reprobates that get around him. The Bible says they're in debt, debt, they're discontented, and they gather themselves around David. And over the course of years, this, really this ragtag group of renegades become a group of mighty men because they hung out with David the son of Jesse, a man after God's own heart. And I'm going to tell you this. The same can be true of you and me. The same can be true of you and me because if we hang out with the son of David, the greater than David, Jesus Christ will begin to take on his characteristics and his favor on our life. Or let's say it like this, his flavor on our life. I don't know about you. I I want his favor and his flavor on me. If we spend time with those who love the Lord, we grow in wisdom, and we get strengthened in our walk with Christ. You may think you're an exception, but Solomon says here very clearly in this text, in Proverbs chapter 13, that if you hang out with fools, you will be done in. How many of y'all know that's a promise? And then he'll go on to say, well, we're going to look at this at the very end of Proverbs chapter 27. It says that... uh, that iron sharpens iron. And so what, what is he saying? One believer can sharpen another one. These are the people you share life with. These, uh, this is, and, and can I tell you, talking about, 
get rid of the harmful ones, some of you are thinking, well, that's my wife. No, that's not. You know what? My oldest child, that's the one that needs to go. My youngest child. How many of y'all know God's put you in covenant with your people? Right. Right? Don't ever think that. All right? But God has them in your life for a reason. But I'm talking about the ones that keep pulling you back from what God wants you to do. And what God's called you to do, God, where God's called you to go. They, they pull you back because you now make them uncomfortable. Right? They like the broke you. I liked it when you were broke and I was broke and we could just be broke together. They like the one that gossiped better. Because they still like to gossip and now that you don't gossip with them, it makes them feel uncomfortable. They like the old you. They like, they, they like the addicted you better. Right? I'm just saying, if they liked all those things about you better than the one you are today, you probably need to drop them. Right. Amen? Thou saith the Lord and your pastor, you should just drop them. All right? You should still be an influence to them, but you should not be connected, yoked up together. Are you guys awake this morning? Here's number four. Here's another thought. Be intentional to get better ones. You know, there's some that have come across your path. You need to just pull them in. And can I tell you, these won't happen overnight. Right? We're going to have to be intentional. This won't happen by default. You're going to have to pull these people in. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. I love the NIV. It says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. There are people in your life that have what you want, all right? Uh, So if I want to be a better parent, I want to get around people that have done parenting pretty well. If I want a better marriage, I'm not going to get around people that fight like, you know, a couple of rooster hens at the table. How many of y'all have ever been to dinner with those people before? Raise your hand, all right? How many of y'all sitting next to them right now? No, I'm kidding. Don't raise your hand, all right? (laughs) I'm telling you, if you're not careful, that stuff will rub off on you. It'll rub off on you. And even though you say, you know, I can't believe they did that, you'll find yourself in a position where you're doing the same same thing. So I want to give you some four practical things on how we do this. Number one is this. I'm talking about relationships today. The Bible tells us this. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength, and you'll love your neighbor as you love yourself. So number one, and going back to the first choice of Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Number one, write it down, develop your relationship with God. In Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 13, let's read this together. It says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Let's leave it there for a second. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I'm telling you, there's some of y'all that are navigating through some relationships right now. And the one, and rather than looking for the one or trying uh, uh, or, or, or looking for better relationships, can I tell you what you need to do first right here? If you, and you will seek me and find me. When you search for me with all your heart, verse 14, it says, I will let myself be found by you. Hey, I love that, don't you? Am I the only one? That's okay. I have a good time up here all by myself. Thank you, Lord, that you want to be found. 
I will let myself be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places. See, all of y'all stopped at 2911. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, but it just gets better. This is now walking out the plan that he has for you. Gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declare the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from where I sent you into exile. If you want to, choosing the right relationships, the first decision that you need to make is develop your relationship with God. I, I, I wrote some, just some thoughts down thinking about this. Why does God want us to search for him with this kind of intensity? It's not that he's playing hard to get, but God wants to strengthen you and me. He wants to strengthen us. The only way we'll be prepared for the ages to come is if we learn how to pray. Yes. This is a word from the Lord. The only way that we're prepared for the ages to come, and I'm talking about this year and beyond, is if we learn how to pray, if we learn how to worship, if we learn how to walk by faith and not by sight, so that we can have clarity in his word. I'm telling you, this earth is boot camp and it's spring training all in one. What's the Lord doing? The Lord is training us because he knows what lies beyond this life and he wants us to get us in shape for it. That's why he doesn't respond to those who seek him half-heartedly or lethargically. If you want to be better in your relationships, dad, if you want to be better in your relationships, husband or wife, this is number one, develop a relationship with God. That'll help you more than anything else. All right? Here's the next one. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Number 2, write this down. Develop a relationship with your church. All of y'all are doing that, obviously, if you're here. But if all church is to you is an attendance sheet, you're missing out. Thou saith the Lord. If all that church is to you is an attendance To check it off the list of the week, you are missing out on God's design of the church. Right? And I just want to say this to you out there and maybe people listening online. If this is not the one, you find the one. You find the one. Because you will not win as a Christian if you are not in the house of God. Amen. Amen. Develop a relationship with your church, a relationship with your church, a relationship with your church. Here, let me just put it like this. A relationship with your church. What if I went to the gym and I walked into the gym at Planet Fitness or Crunch or whatever your flavor is, True Fit, and you walk through the door. Some people say this, the, the, uh, one of the biggest weights at the place is the front door. It's pretty heavy to open it up. All right. Especially the Planet Fitness over by my house. It's right next to uh, Baskin Robbins. Praise the Lord. Amen. Get you a cool off after that. But my whole point is this. Uh, talking about a relationship with the church. If, if, if I went to the gym, Caleb, what if you just went to the gym at your school? You walked, you walked into the gym and you looked at all the weights. You just, Wow. Oh my gosh. And you walked around and you just spectated. I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, you walk up to the uh, 
what's the one you run on? <laughs> Treadmill. Some of y'all are like, clothes rack. <laughs> no, it's treadmill, all right? And, as you know, when you get clothes out of the washer, you lay it on there and it, they dry, all right? No, that's not what it is. It's actually you run on it. It's a treadmill. Or the elliptical machine. What if you walked in the gym and went, wow, this is, man, this is, y'all have great stuff. Can I tell you, the church is not to be like the gym. Wow, this band is really good. Well, those people that work in the children's church, they do such a great job. These people that came in and, and greeted me at the door, oh, my gosh, they're so nice. Those donuts, who cooked these? We didn't, by the way. <laughs> you just spectate. You just spectate. Wow, 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 wow. How many of y'all know that you, at the end of the year, if you just treat the gym that way, you'll be fatter than when you first started walking in. Because Dunkin' Donuts obviously is next door. And you leave there and you go buy Dunkin' Donuts. And then at the end of the year, you, you go to the gym membership or, and you say this, I want to quit the gym. I want to quit the gym. Why? Why do you want to quit the gym? Because I'm no better. Well, have you been using the weights? Well, no. I've been looking at them. They look great, by the way. Y'all do a really good job of that. I just want to tell you, you keep it clean, dust it off. You do. But I'm still fat. You're still fat because you hadn't used them. And can I tell you, I feel like preaching. <laughs> I feel like doing like a T.D. Jakes run, run around the room. <laughs> I'm not going to. All right. But can I tell you, it's the same way. If you don't get involved, if you don't get involved, if you don't get involved, if you don't pick it up and do some preacher curls, that was a dumb preacher joke, by the way. But if you don't, if you don't get involved with the youth ministry and get involved in the children's church, if you don't get involved with, with something, I'm telling you, there is something here that there is a design and a purpose for your life to get engaged with. And you'll miss out on opportunities. You'll miss out, and at the end of the year, you'll be saying, oh, my gosh, I tell people this all the time. Give it one year. And if it don't change your life, then you can come stick your tongue in my face and say, it didn't work. But I promise you, you won't do that. I'm telling you, my life has been changed by having a relationship with the house of the living God. I have great relationships because of that. But... The, it says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19, New American Standard says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. But the Living Bible says this, the TLB, Travis Lee Bennett Version. Now you are no longer strangers to God and foreigners to heaven, but you are members of God's very own family. Woo! Let's have a relationship with the church. You know, I never thought this way. And how many of y'all know we are the church? That's right. And when you say stuff like that across Facebook and things like that, well, I can have church wherever I am. No, you really can't. And I'll tell you why. Because the word church means ecclesia. And ecclesia means gathering. That's right. Meaning this, you can be a Christian all by yourself in your living room or at your cabin or wherever in the woods or out in the cow pasture. But that's not church. 
you're a Christian out there. You've got to have three or four Christians together in order to have church. And he said, I will build my church gathering lots of people together. Come on, you need corporate time together. There's power in corporate time together. You need to come in. You need to feel it. I don't know about you, but watching the online experience of worship at the house, cats drive you crazy. I mean, we're trying to get in the presence of God, and catch wants something out of the fridge, or you know, he, or or Anson. Y'all have kids. Don't look at me like I hate my children. I love them, and I'm a good parent. But I, how many y'all know there needs to be a time where you go and you gather together? Amen. Where you get hands laid on you, where you have that interaction of shaking somebody's hand, looking people in the eye, and see value with one another. Man, I'm glad that you're in the house of God today. You know what happened this morning? God giving people words in here. What would he say? I see you. That's the Lord. <laughs> Listen, you wouldn't have got that sitting in your living room watching online. Right. And I'm not picking on people because I know, I, 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 I mean, I know. I know there's elderly people out there that, that shouldn't be driving today. But if you could have made it to the house of God, there's nothing like being in his house. Amen? So have a relationship with your church. All right, here's number three. Develop a relationship with the team. And I said this talking about the church, but I'm trying to help you guys out with relationships. Um, uh, If you're only coming into church to receive, you're missing out. All right? What you're still doing is uh, it's still just an attendance sheet. Luke 6.38, he gives us this, um, he gives us what give, give and be given back to you, right? Whatever a man sows, this is a principle, this is, this is a spiritual law, what, and this is also just a law. Whatever you sow will be given back to you. So when you get on a team, a part of the church, and you start pumping some weights inside of a team, it'll change your life. All right? Number four is this. Develop a relationship with godly friends. And you know how you do this, and I'm just going to help some of y'all out. All right? We have several ministries outside of Sunday mornings. We have a young married group. We have a mid-married group. We have a, a group that meets at the Barry's house. We have a single mom's group that met yesterday, right? We have a, a, where are they at? They ain't here. Margaret has a group. Where you at, Margaret? Margaret, she has a group. All right, Wayne and LaVonda. They're not here. They're at the gym. That's where they are. They're at the gym right now. (laughs) But they have a group inside their home. We have a singles singles ministry, right? Youth, you get involved on Wednesday nights. And can I tell you, let let me just help you out with that. If you go to a group and it don't fit you, find another one. Come on. But you can't go in and be weird. <laughs> nobody talked to me. Well, nobody knows you. And if you go to the next one and you have the same problem, I'm beginning to think it's not the group, it's you. I'll hide my face when I say that. It might have been you. <laughs> the group is not the problem, it's you. I mean, you're getting, 
can I tell you the first time Dom and Osco here, he, he didn't fit in, but now he does. First time Gabe came, he didn't know nobody, did you? He didn't know nobody. Now he knows everybody. I'm telling you, you're going to have to, but here's also the word of the Lord. He who has friends, put me on the spotlight. He who has friends must show himself friendly. That wasn't Travis. That was the book of Proverbs. Is that not the truth? You've got to show yourself friendly. I want to encourage you. Have a group. I have a group of men that I'll meet with. There's discipleship there. Down, down at the arena, Robert Aha has uh, on Thursday nights. If that's your gig, down, down there. Prayer team. If, you're, 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 if, if you guys want to pray, Judy Aha has uh, on Monday nights. Birds of a feather flock together. And can I tell you, the first night, maybe it may be different. You may not know anybody. But you didn't until you got there. And then when you go back the second time, you met some people. Right? And it may, it may just be a little... Uh, you didn't get married on the first date. You got you to gotta figure some things out about one another. Come on, I'm trying to... I, I'm telling you, there... The reason is this. I see so many people trying to live life alone. I can tell you what will happen at the end of your life if you try to live life alone. God's called you to have people in your life to encourage you and build you up. Amen. Proverbs 27 and verse 17. Uh, And, and you know, groups are just so important because that's a place where you take off the mask, where people know your name. That's what I love about, you know, meeting with men. They're sitting around the table and they accidentally say a curse word. And I'm like, praise the Lord, things are coming out. You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on, where we can have life together. Uh, Proverbs 27 verse 17 says, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. I I saw this kind of in a whole new light. This has probably been preached before, I don't know, but... When I sharpen iron, I have a buffing wheel in my trailer that uh, I can, what I call is box, I can box the outside of, of a shoe. But also, too, I have another one on there where I can take a fine surface off of my knife to sharpen it. And sometimes when you're sharpening metal, Don can tell you this because he's made knives, you're going to see sparks. And sometimes in a church, you might be in a relationship with somebody on your team or in your group. There's going to be times where there's some sparks that fly. Right? When you have different personalities get in a room, when, our, when iron is sharpening iron, sparks inevitably will fly. It's a part of a genuine relationship. All right? So I just want to encourage you with this. Don't respond with hostility. Instead, just realize God's sharpening you. That is good. Just realize that. And some of you right now, I believe that's a word from God. That God is sharpening you, making you better. Sparks have flown. But that's the process. Maybe some things are being wheeled off of you. Mindsets that need to be wheeled off of you. James chapter 5 and verse 16 says this. 
because, you know, it's hard on you, but it's good for you. And if you choose, I said it a while ago, if you choose isolation, I can tell you the outcome. But if you choose godly relationships, it's going to get better. James 5, 16 says this. I'm going to ask the band to come. I'm coming to a close. Uh, it says in James 5, 16, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 44, and this is where I, I wanted to end. And going back to James, if you want to go to Acts chapter 2 and verse 44, you can go there. But I'm going to read it to you here in just a second. But confess your sins one to another. You know, I, when we fest, confess them to God, how many of y'all know on the cross he said it is finished? Yeah. Amen. But there's some things in your life that you just need a friend to call and say, oh, my gosh, I've been thinking this. I've been doing that. I'm thankful for people in my life that don't judge me. But that encourage. what is that doing? That's iron sharpening iron. Uh, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 44, this is the first church. And it says this in the New American Standard. And then I want to read out of the Living Bible again. But it says, and all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. This is the church. All those who had believed were together and had all things in common. Verse 44 in the Living Bible says this. And all the believers met together constantly and shared everything with each other. I'm telling you, I thank God for the church for this matter right here. Especially if persecution was to come upon this country. Which it really may. Right? I don't, I, we have not been persecuted yet. China, I mean, places in China have, Pakistan, across the world, they have. But if the economy were to collapse, which it very well could, if things were to get really tough, which they could, I believe you'll be amazed how quickly and how beautifully the church will come together communally. But until then... If you just treat it like a gym, it'll be artificial. Pastor, I thought you were talking about choosing relationships, and you preached a whole message again about choosing the church. This is what God gave me. In the last days, there's going to be a lot of social groups that are going to fold the doors. But you know one that will stand? is the house of the living God. Is the house... Of the living God. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose God. I'm going to choose the church. I'm going to choose a team. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to choose to find godly friends. I'm going to choose to get around people that are encouraged me, build me up for such a time as this. I know that I'm in the last days. We ain't got much time. But can I tell you, I'm thankful for the people in my life that encourage me. Thankful for Pastor Shannon. Thankful for Pastor Robert. I, I, I'm thankful for Pastor T and Don and, and people in, in my, my life and even people in the congregation of things that y'all go through, through, that you go through, that, 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 that strengthen my faith, that I see things in them. I, I'm encouraged by, you know, just watching Lucas this morning play the drums. I'm glad I was here to watch that. I love to watch him play. I mean, there's a gifting. How I many of y'all know there's a gifting on all these people's lives up here? Give our worship team a hand. Aren't they incredible?
Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful I came to, I'm thankful that I braved the snow to come to the house of God. And I'm encouraged by it. But here's the deal. We've got, listen, birds of a feather, they do flock together. Stand to your feet with me. Close your eyes. And I believe God's already right now, right now as we speak. I want you to just close your eyes. And there is, there is some of you out there, and I believe God's going to give you wisdom, but there's some relationships that need to be restored. I pray right now, Lord, that you give them clarity. You give them wisdom to speak the truth in love. There's harmful ones that need to go. There's harmful ones that need to go. There are harmful ones that need to go. So, Lord, I just pray that you give them wisdom to be intentional to get better ones. I pray, Lord, that they find the better ones. May they find them here in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. Lord, if, it, well, if you're in here and you say, you know what, Pastor? I don't know Jesus is my Lord and personal Savior. The problem is sin. Maybe there's sin inside of your life. You're separated from God. And you want to get things back right, right with Him. If that's you, just lift your hand and say, Pastor, you know what? That's me. I'm away from God. I don't know Jesus. Amen. I believe everybody's saved in here. Praise the Lord. Y'all look at me. Birds of a feather flock together. Let's have this place to flock together. Amen. Did y'all get something out of the word today? I hope you did. I'm glad I was in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Go Cowboys. Praise the Lord. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website arenaoflifechurch.org or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week. Music